Human Torque Pajir and Light Tier Syntaxons. If you managed to find some headphones, welcome to the Wonder Years. For all your Animorphs rewatching and eventual rereading needs, I'm Sarah. Sorry about the fan in the background, but it's hot as piss in my room, and I am not turning it off. And I'm Seda. I apologize for the amount of like the amount of effort you go to through to make your audio sound good, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm just gonna have a fan on the whole time. <laughs> I'm not gonna suffer from my art this time. It's fucking hot. I can't I don't have shorts available. Okay. <laughs> I need to turn my jeans into jorts. Yeah, tis time. Tis time. Spring those jants back from into jorts. <laughs> Uh, so this is the Wonder Yorks, everyone. How, how, how you been, Seda? I'm good. Uh, Hell yeah. Wearing socks. Got a good outfit on. Um, Hell yeah. You doing anything tonight? No. Just dressed, just looking good for yourself? Um, well, I was gonna do something earlier and then I didn't, so... Hey, I, I mean, still... <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, you just gotta, sometimes you just gotta fucking look good for yourself. Lord knows I do that all the fucking time. Yeah. Uh so, the, the animorphs. Right. Yeah. I don't know what have I what have I been up to this week? Um, <laughs> I don't think I fucking I didn't do it. See, this is the thing. This is why I hate this question because we do this every week, and I have nothing going on in my life. And being asked like, "Oh, what's new? Yeah, what are you up to?" Every fucking week is like, "Not, not, nothing." I told I told you everything that I can, everything. I've done I'm all sorry. this stuff. It's not I'm your sorry. fault. It's, just, it's not your fault. It's just how weekly things work, where it's like every single week this happens again, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anything. I've never done anything once, even entirely ever in my life. I don't know. Weeks just this... happen so much more quickly than you think they do, and every week it's like, oh, it's this weekly things happening again, right? Like I'm trying to put videos out every week, and somehow every single week I'm like, oh, that was another week of my life, huh? <sighs> Being old is tough. You sure you don't want to record tomorrow? <laughs> I'm in a good mood. <laughs> I, don't know okay. what, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> okay. No, that's fine. I was just like, I'm racking my brain for shit. Because like, I normally at least have like one weird thing that happened to me. But like, fucking, I can't leave the house. Yeah. So like, the and best I, I can do is like, so. I saw I saw a weird Twitter. I, I saw a weird account on Twitter. That's about the extent of my fucking... I, I went to get, I got Mexican food today. And I almost, I almost got a, I almost got a margarita, but I didn't. Great. I mean, no one's here for our lives, so I don't see why it matters. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I don't, All right. I don't know. What, I'm not. This is fine. <laughs> oh, I did go to a garage sale. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and this is the important. Fuck entirely. <laughs> the Come on, please. Tell, the tell me more about the garage sale. The punchline is that I found a Homestuck tarot deck. Thanks. <laughs> Did you you took pictures, right? Did I miss this somehow? Um, I don't know if I posted about it, but it I, I it was two dollars and I bought it and I was joking. It was my friend who was running the sale, and they were like, "Yeah, I donated like I gave a shit ton to the Homestuck uh, Kickstarter back in the day." So technically, I just lost seventy eight dollars on these tarot cards. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I need a second. I, 
I cannot believe how deep you buried that lead. Like, you were just like, nothing is happening. The pe people are not coming here for our lives, so what the fuck does it matter? The, a, a minute tirade of why me of why me asking you how you've been is a bad question. I wasn't and trying to be mean. I was saying that it's an insecurity that I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a but then for you to like do all that and then come out the gates banging with I found a Homestuck tarot deck at a garage sale. Yeah, I mean it would have come up naturally. It's across the room and I just looked over at it. It would have come up at some point in the episode, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. We need to include a picture of that in the album art or something for this episode. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so you wanna talk about Animorphs? No. Okay. Well, thanks for coming, everyone. This has been the Warner Yerks. Uh, keep your hand on the escapade device. Yep. Bye. It's out in your hands. Your hands. Hold on. Hold back the darkness. Um, so this is karaoke. This is karaoke morphs where we turn into people who have good singing voices. Well, Sada doesn't have to do that. I do. I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway through that sentence, I remember like, wait, Sada is both is A, a musician, and B, a very good one. <laughs> like, that wasn't me, that wasn't me backpedaling, I just, like, the joke did not really take into account what reality was for a second. Yeah, and no, I was that's like, okay. We've all been wait, there. Wait, Seda can sing. Seda can sing very well. <laughs> I appreciate that, by the way. Um, yeah, we watched a two-parter called, what was it called? The, the leader, leader, or something like that. Yeah. The 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 I don't fucking know the the whatever. Yeah. And I have to say, this is possibly my, I think it is definitely my favorite cold open the show has done yet, which is we come to on yeah. Visser doing this like villain monologue about mm. like bugs. Well, specifically, he's like, "Do you know how beetles stalk their prey?" They smell fear. And it's like, whoa, bud, don't know about that. But <laughs> I do love everything that you've got going on. And first of all, not only is the monologue incredible and so over the top, which is everything I love about Visser 3, he's like monologuing and then very quietly his scientist, you know, <laughs> minion is like, yes, yes, sir, I do know. <laughs> yep. It's like, it's like, it's like... It's like every conversation I've ever had with my dad where I like I I, I tell him, "Yes, dad, I do know how to like unclog a toilet." And then he like walks me through step by step of like how to put the plunger in, how to like exert force. And I'm just like, "Yes, dad, I know how to I know how to unclog a toilet." Mm -hmm. I don't know why that's the first thing that came to my mind, but that's just kind of how talking to dads is. Yep, it sure is. Yeah. Um and then, and then Visor, and then the guy just like starts twiddling with his device in his hand, and Visor Three starts to like slightly demorph from human into Andalite, and he is like, "I will not have any more failures." Okay, you really seem to think he said failures in this spectacularly weird way. I think that he, he says it in as weird a way as he says every other word. <laughs> so he it, just, I just felt like he, I feel like. The pronunciation would not have been so weird if he did not put so much stank on it. Like, he fucking, like, he he greased and buttered that word in the delivery. It literally did not stick out to me at all, to the point where we, when you were like, is that really the take they went with? It took me, like, a good amount of explanation to even understand what you were talking about. I feel like that's just the weird way he talks, but... 
it is weird, so I guess that's it, fine. Y- yeah, like that one just kind of stuck out to me. Again, the stank. Yeah, sure. He he put some stank on it, but maybe I'm maybe I'm just fucking. But also, to be fair, my literal third note for this episode is in all caps, no punctuation. I'm obsessed with Visser three, so I probably <laughs> give him a little bit more, you know, leeway. <laughs> call out call out post for call out post for Seda nudity. Visser three apologist. I he's just. The best part of the show. I mean, we get some really good villain shit in these episodes. Yeah. And I'm a sucker for a villain. I'm a sucker for somebody who is in a very low stakes project and uses it as an excuse to just destroy the scenery. Just get it all caught up in their canines. Makes me so happy. So I love him. Oh man, he's just that scenery is a three course meal for him. Yeah. Like he's just like he like the best part about working on the show for him was that he got paid and he did not have to pay any, he didn't have to buy any food. He just ate like the fucking set. Like exactly. that's just what he was doing. It's great. It's excellent. I love Wizard. I love Victor <laughs> Trent. Don't get me wrong yeah. here. Just I'm so, I just I got really hung up on the way he said failures because it took me a while to register that, that was the word he said cuz like I just heard like Fizz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's no more fizz. It's very let good. that soda sit before you open it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I was really caught up in um, what happens later. Um, <laughs> I. I've morphed into the future, as they say. Uh, the you, scientist you've, is you've testing this. You've warged the past. What? You warged the past. But the opposite. Yeah. The you op- time travel, future past, double warged, like in the season, se- like in that episode of Game of Thrones. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to think about it as a joke. <laughs> I'm so glad it's almost over. Um. <laughs> I, I literally haven't watched an episode since mid since mid season three, and I watched the season six I don't finale. Think about it as a joke. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> I don't want to give it any fucking brain real estate. You know, I'm just that done. And okay. I again have not watched it for a few years. And I never. I watched all of Glee. I know that I always bring this up when I'm defending the fact that I stopped watching a show. I watched every season of Glee. I am the only person who has seen every single episode of Glee. The creators of Glee have not seen every single episode of Glee, and I have. And I stopped watching Game of Thrones. <sighs> How far did you make it in Game of Thrones? Fuck if I know. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, so the scientist has a device that uh, can detect demorphs. morph energy. And demorphs them. Uh, does it? And then, yeah, it, it demorphs, like, Visitor 3, doesn't it? No, I think that he's just messing with his morph so that they can oh. see if it works. Because to me, the way, the way he, it was framed... He didn't, looked... he didn't want to morph all the way because he wanted to keep talking with his human mouth. <laughs> the way it was framed to me just kind of looked like he, like, pointed at Visitor 3 and Visitor 3, like, kind of lost his constitution for a second and then reformed into a solid being. Hmm. Like, not on purpose, but I guess that, that probably makes more sense given what happens later in the episode. Yeah, it's it's both that and also I can't imagine that any of his scientists would survive testing a weapon on him, even if, like, even if it makes the most sense. Like, first he wouldn't volunteer for it, and if anyone tried, he'd just kill them. So that that's why I don't think it necessarily does, like, demorphs him, but it could be. Um... 
and we get our opening credits, we get our little Jake monologue, as usual, and then we get this very, like, immediately go into this very domestic scene of Marco and his dad uh, painting their living room. They do, they, Marco puts up, like, Marco paints, like, a 50th of the room and then falls face first into the fucking, like, paint roller tray. And then they have a paint fight. Yeah, but um, but even before that, they're doing these... Because they're establishing sort of, we're going to be... This is going to be a Marco mom-heavy couple of episodes. Yep. They're taking all the paintings off the wall so that they can paint the wall and they see this hand turkey. And I immediately got so hung up on the fact that it is obviously a hand turkey. They say that it's supposed to have been drawn by Marco as a kid, but it is the size of Marco's, like, Marco's adult, adult hand. Marco, Mar- like... It should like it looked like fucking it should look like Tarzan and Jane like Marco putting his hand into it. It just looked like fucking Tarzan and Tarzan. Yeah, and at first I I mean, okay, so they had to put it high up on the wall because there had to be a painting over it. At first I was gonna complain like, why is it so high on the wall if he was a kid? But then the story they were like, Remember, you pulled the ladder over here and you drew it? So that is fine. I don't understand why they planned ahead enough to know that the height would be a weird thing, but not the size. I don't know. It's fine. Um, and then, yeah, they do have their sort of cute family bonding with paint, but it does involve Marco's dad just pouring a full can of paint on both of them. And paint is not cheap. Paint is not cheap. Paint costs a lot of money. Yeah. But, you know, it's cute. And... They, they, like, they go above and beyond, like, the fucking, like, from the, uh, like, uh, like, romantic comedy montage of the married couple, like, fighting with paint. Like, because Marco's dad very much does just pour out the entire pan of paint onto Marco's head at one point. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not like a boop with a brush on the nose. It's like, okay, I'm gonna full-on slimer you. Just, like, <laughs> it's really intense. But it gives oh. them a chance to, like, show that I'm actually... They do do it, they do it explicitly later, but I'm mildly impressed. This is me giving too much credit to the show, as usual. They, as always, that, that, that's just like I feel like that's just like the subtitle of our podcast: you, giving too much credit to the show. If you like, you can actually see the arc of Marco's dad, like behind the scenes over the course of the first season so far, because we've seen him be very sad and very non-functional, and now he's. Uh, I think this is probably partially just credit to the actor that yeah. he he knows to give him sort of a, a, a bigger, like, more happy energy in this, um, which is nice because that is discussed explicitly in the books and it is sort of mentioned later when Marco's talking about why he has to, you know, stick around and always be there for his dad. Uh, but it's just nice. It's nice to see and it's nice to make the, the, that they, like, make a specific example of it. Yeah, and good, then, good, good on you, Frank Pellegrino. Yeah, oh, is that his name? Yeah, that's the actor's name. That fucking rules. It's a good name. Frank Pellegrino, welcomes you. Um, we get an inexplicable scene transition, which is that we have music playing, and then it turns out that music is diegetic, and Jake <laughs> turns it off. But <laughs> which I was just, fr- like, the, the th- hold on, the thing is, uh, this was, that was phenomenal to me, is that, like, I was so shocked that the music was diegetic, because, like, he did shout about the music being loud, which, like, that should have clued me in, but, like, he does... Jake does very much go through the room and, like, try and, and like, drum to the beat, but, like, 
obviously Sean Ashmore has no rhythm because when he turns the music off, it's off. Like, there is no correlation between the way he's, like, swinging his drumsticks around and the song that is playing. It's so great. He's just, like, practicing. He's, like, full-on angel he's from pra- renting around his room, just, like, <laughs> drumming on everything. <laughs> which makes me so happy. He's just, like, ba-ba-da-da, ba-ba-da-da, ba-da, and turns the music off, and you're like, but... <laughs> After having yelled down, like, fine, I'll turn it off, but it helps me think. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It helps you practice your cool street drumming, bud. I know what you're up to. Oh, my God. Do you think in an alternate universe, Jake would have just wound up, like, busking on busking in a subway station? No, but I think that he would always think about it. Yeah, he would. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> He's not much of a performer, really. Um... And he has to turn the music off because his brother's getting a phone call and he transforms into Homer to go spy on him, which is very funny because it means we get this scene of Tom like sitting on the bed and then a dog's face just peering around <laughs> the doorframe yeah. like, hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit like, um, you've, you've seen the thing, right? Yeah. You know that scene after the dog first gets uh, like absorbed by the thing and it walks into the kitchen? Yeah. And there's, like, that really creepy scene of the dog doing, like, some incredible acting for 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, he just, like, peeks his head in just like that. Yeah. And then walks in the rest of the way. I've been thinking about that scene a lot lately. I can, The thing is a good fucking movie. It is, yeah. Oh, hi, Geralt. Um, Geralt's here Geralt! to spy on me. And they do this weird bit where, like, Homer... Tom, like, picks up a piece of paper and Homer, like... Res- well, Jake Homer wrestles it from him, and then... Jomer, please. Yeah. Oh, great. No, that's denim Homer. Um, <laughs> and if Homer wore jeans, would he wear them like this or like that? Yeah. And Tom is talking about how there's another Candrona ray, and there's another Visser, big deal Visser happening. And then, oh no, the real Homer barks outside, and Tom's like... Suspicious, but not suspicious enough, which, as I've said multiple times, is a running problem in this television show about heroes that can turn into animals and the people who they're fighting not being suspicious enough of animals. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's very ridiculous, but it does mean we get a great scene of Tom, like, coming out of the room and turning to Jake and being like, yo, did you see Homer up here? And Jake just sort of shaking his head and then spitting out the paper that he stole as Homer, um, which did make me think about, okay, if I had a toy and I was playing with it with a dog and the dog got their mouth all over the toy, I wouldn't put that toy in my mouth. And it just like, so the paper was in a dog's mouth, but it was his own mouth. Does that make a difference? Does the spit also transform? It is. Does it turn from dog spit to human spit, or does he turn into human and taste of dog in mouth because of paper? <laughs> Hold on, I, 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 I know we are giving the idea of morphing far more thought than Caplegate probably ever did. Mm. But I just need a second to process that. Yeah. <laughs> I think the paper is still covered in dog slobber and tastes like dog mouth. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, does that mean that, like, Jake just has, like, 
dog slobber like even if there wasn't a paper in there would like when he morphs back is there like dog slobber still in his mouth because like See, there was... i think i would say definitely no without the introduction of a foreign object okay i think that's okay. that's sort of the thing that it hinges on for me uh another question that i have i'm just curious say like you know how in the books like you can only you can only keep any clothes on you that are like skin tight which is why everyone was always wearing like leotards and shit to yeah. morph yeah um, if you put on, like, some really tight dog clothes on Jake while he was Homer, what would, what would happen? Okay, well, morphing doesn't affect items, I think, that... Right, 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 because, like, uh... Because yeah. otherwise they would, like, it wouldn't be dangerous to morph when they're, like, trapped in the dirt or in wood or something. I think that what would happen is Jake would hulk out of his cool little t-shirt that says Mommy's Little Prince or something. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if Jake is muscular enough to hulk out of a shirt like that. Homer is a very large dog. I guess, but like a dog shirt is still smaller than a human body. Especially if it was skin tight. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, stupid question. This was answered in book five when Marco and Jake had to morph their lobsters and didn't have the rubber bands on their claws. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Um, so, yeah, they learn that there's a second Candrona, Ray, and Visser one, or some big deal, is coming to visit, and Jake runs over to tell Marco, and being who I am, the most important thing I took away from this scene was that Marco has a crush on Buffy, um, which, of course, he does. Sarah Michelle Gellar is incredible. But yeah. more importantly to me, what that means is that Marco absolutely watches Buffy. Yep. And that makes me very, very happy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, I don't know. She's just, like, so hot. But inside, he's like, this is amazing. <laughs> he's, so also probably, he's also probably a little bit, like, mm, at Xander without realizing it. Just, like, just like a little bit. like. Well, yeah. I don't think that Marco would have a crush on Xander because Marco is such a Xander. Um, but... Would he have a crush on Angel? Yeah, definitely. Oh, God. I love Angel. I'm not even going to front. Um, no, I just, like, I I think, I, like, I read books. I read, like, Buffy the Vampire. Well, I read books. I, I read Angel books before I actually watched any of the show, Buffy or Angel. Hmm. And I like the character. I just do not like David Boreanaz. Yeah, like, something about that guy's we can't face get into like, this again. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Okay, but hold on. This does make me realize that um, my dad has two uh, entertainers that like he just hates their faces and voices and everything about them. He cannot stand them, and it's the weirdest thing in the world. He hates um, Mandy Patinkin. Patinkin? Patinkin. Patinkin. He hates him. He hates to see his face. He hates to hear his voice. He hates everything about that guy, which is weird because my dad pretty much is Mandy Patinkin Hmm. with a little bit more hair. And he gets nauseated whenever he hears Hootie and the Blowfish. Huh. Like, it's not even a conscious thing. Like, one time he, like, he, like, I think one time he horked in, like, like a, a Wegman, like, in a grocery store or something. And then, then later, like, my mom was, my mom was, like, listening to a song, like, my mom was, like, really enjoying, my mom was really enjoying the song that was on the radio, and it turned out to be a Hootie and the Blowfish song, completely unbeknownst to my dad. Huh. Yeah. Very specific polls. Yeah, I don't know why. Interesting. It's, it's, it's especially uncomfortable because my sister loves Criminal Minds, especially the first two seasons, and she loves watching them. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, Manny Patinkin's on those. Right. And my dad hates to see it. That's too bad. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, that is that sucks. Um, and yeah, we see so parents. <laughs> we get these soap opera soap opera zooms as Marco talks about his mom, which is almost it almost distracted me from how really good Boris's acting is in this scene, just because yeah, the really zooms is. were so weird. I think it's yeah, it's just something about the color of the walls. Um, and the drop sheets and the slow zooms was like the most soap opera I've ever seen this show be. But, but like it was Bo- this Boris truly... Cabretta fucking brings the heat. Yeah, yeah. He actually cries just talking about his mom and talking about how he can't put himself in danger anymore because he's all his dad has. Yep. Um, and he brings up, oh, you know, before my mom went out on her boat trips she would always tell me half of a riddle so that i could always be reassured that she would come back um which is just such a lovely little detail that i do not remember being in the books it wasn't it wasn't uh this is also i think the first time we hear of we we hear about how marco's mother actually did die quotes quotes because i mean in the books it is explicitly stated that she did die uh at sea well, die. It was she was she, she was pronounced dead at sea because you know she does she is visitor one and everything. But this is the first time we hear it. And I don't think it's actually explicitly stated in the episode. Um, it, I, it's implied definitely, but like I don't think it's ever like talked about like Marco's mother like sailing out one day. I, it's it's implied. Yeah, it's it's. I feel like it's implied heavily enough. I think that probably they thought that stating it outright would be too dark. Yeah. Um. Because there's a big difference between talking your way around somebody's death and being like, yep, so this is how they died. Uh, so I think that I think it makes sense how they kind of I think that they, they handle it surprisingly well for whatever stupid restrictions they felt they were under. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so basically Marco quits <laughs> um, the gang. Yep. Um, it lasts about 15 seconds. <laughs> that's the that's the always sunny music, right? Or am I thinking of the uh, oh, the curb your enthusiasm okay. yeah, music? Yeah, I see where you were coming from with that. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I was trying to place it. Yeah. Yeah. I always I always confuse that with curb your enthusiasm music. Um, I know the curb theme i guess but i would definitely not be able to place it so who knows we join rachel and cassie outside of the facility that they're pretty sure the candrona ray is in and i it's so it's unfortunately later explicitly painted as a weird romantic thing, but it made me so happy that we get a a continuation of Rachel and Marco's friendship where Rachel is like hanging out with Cassie and she's, they're talking about the mission. And then she's like, Oh, just doesn't feel right without Marco, uh, without Marco complaining, which was like, Oh, friendship. And then a fucking later they have to have Cassie be like, okay, lovebirds. It's like, no, stop. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, so, do we just get into the mission from here? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Jake and... So, the rest, of the, the, rest and, of the show is the mission, yeah. Yeah, Jake and Marco come and join them. Marco's like, did I hear you missed me? And Rachel, like, socks him in the face, pretty much. <laughs> just like, fuck 
you. I'd never miss you. I love them so much. They're such doofuses. They're such good friends. And then at this point, we... Yeah, they break into the facility, and pretty quickly we get into the unfortunate, um, unbalanced A and B plot that is, like, when you split the party in D&D and only half of the party follows the actual plot and the other half has to, like, do busy work that the DM makes up for, for a little while until you can reunite the entire party. Yeah. Um, Did you mean Friends at the Table season, season zero boat party? No, because their because their balance is good. <laughs> yeah, okay. That, that that was the first thing that came to mind. It was a joke, and honestly, I haven't finished seasons of Huron. I have, or uh, what is it? What's the first season? Is it seasons? I don't know any names of anything. Just as a general thing, even if I've listened to them. <laughs> Valid. Yeah. Um. That um, yeah. That, 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 so that was an inaccurate joke. My apologies. <laughs> Um, I just, I, it was just because the way that the thing that I said was negative and I don't want that to be, uh, I don't want any insinuation that, it, that, that is, uh, 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 wow, sorry. I'm trying to read uh, no, and I, talk I, at the same time. I think I get you. Going <laughs> uh, the, the, My- um, the thing I always think about with, or the thing about friends at the table is like, I, Cannot like I unless I if I have other stuff in my podcast feed I have a hard time like listening to it for some reason I can't really place it so like I'm trying to clear up my pack my podcast back catalog so I can go and listen to friends at the table but like so you know I'm going from most from f- like oldest to most recent so like I'll listen to the oldest episode then it will go to like episode six of counterweight and be like and then like four seconds of Austin Walker talking and I like. I have listened to, like, I have listened to maybe, like, ten minutes of episode six of Counterweight completely on accident because I am not quick enough swapping my podcast feed to the next one. <laughs> Sorry, my dog's barking, by the way. Someone's home, and I'm probably going to have to turn off my mic in a hot second to shout at them. Okay. Um, we get a moment that works really well in this moment later i'm gonna have to talk about it more critically which is that marco and jake decide to go in to sort of do uh recon while rachel and cassie uh wait outside and marco tells them half a riddle and rachel and cassie are like what what was that all about and jake's like ha he'll tell you the rest when we get back and it's it's sweet and it's it's cute it's a really good moment um and they go in and almost immediately jake like touches a pipe and it's like ow and then marco's like oh was it hot and jake's like no it was cold and then marco touches it also and is like ow (laughs) which just makes me so happy because jake's like oh no don't touch that it hurts and marco's like okay touch (laughs) (laughs) Marco, buddy. Dumbass boy. He, stupid smelly boy. Stupid pasta house. I love... It's so Marco, and it's great, because you know that he's the type of friend where you could, like, open up your carton of milk at lunch and be like, ew, this smells disgusting, and shove it at him, and he'd smell it and be like, ew, you're right, it does smell disgusting. <laughs> Which, like, I need those friends. <laughs> yeah. Because I am that friend also. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, things escalate very quickly after that. They morph, uh, and they get trapped because of the morph energy, and we hear engine noises that couldn't mean anything except that they're going to space, baby. Oh, shit. 
And they yep, do. And then, yep, and then they run around the ship for a little bit, and then they come face-to-face with Visor 3, his horde, and Visor 1, who is Marco's mother. What? Um... Yeah, we skipped so much in that sentence. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, it's... Okay, but yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's fair because, like I said, these A and B plots are really, really unbalanced, so we keep flashing back and forth between the boys and the girls, but the girls overhear, like, a phone call um, confirming that they the boys have been captured, and they look at each other like, oh, yeah, girls' night. Like they're, like, they're like, ladies' rescue mission. Let's do it. It's great. And then when the boys finally realize they're in space, we get this, like, weird rip-off Nine Inch Nails song yeah. in the background while they sort of stare out into space, which I love and is so perfectly low-budget 90s show that I couldn't have, like, scripted it to be any better. Yeah. Um, there's just there's a lot of nice. See, I really I really like the gang split up in these pairings. As much as I like all of them interacting, and as much as I like the um, the more side friendships like Cassie and Marco, seeing sort of the main gang doing their thing is so great because we get moments like Rachel's about to do something dangerous, and then is like, "See you on the other side," to Cassie, or we get Cassie being like, "Well." you know what, I guess we're going to have to be super destructive to, you know, destroy this thing. And Rachel's just looking at her like she's never been prouder in her entire life. Yeah. Which is so great. (laughs) And so, okay, this was my main conflict with the riddle thing. After having established the riddle thing that his mom does, he does it to the entire gang. And then he does it again, which I'm conflicted about. Payoff-wise, I think they should have chosen one. Um, and I think that keeping this one would have been better. Because then it I would think... just would have been a private thing between him and Jake. I think would have been a lot more emotionally resonant. Rather than calling it back twice, which degrades yeah. both of them. I think, if, I think if Marco had just like whispered to Jake, like, 1,500 pounds... That would have been... Oh, right, because the riddle is what's the difference... How do you tell the difference between a horse and a fish? <laughs> it's, it's specifically worded, worded to be what's the difference between a horse and a fish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... Oh, yeah. no, wait, no, wait, wait, hold on. He couldn't have the, given the, the answer because they're not out of danger yet, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think... Because I love the setup. I love the idea of them paying it off in the same episode. I think that doing it twice like they did is like super disappointing and I know it's stupid to criticize the writing and the structure of this show it's just so frustrating because it was like a genuine moment of emotional resonance that I felt like they could have so easily put a pin in or like actually amplified but instead they ruined it for themselves which I just is just frustrating Yep. And it's fine, because then we see Visser 1 strut out in a turtleneck, and I immediately fall in love with her. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just, as soon as I saw her, I just quoted that, that what's that fucking post? It, it, I, in this moment, I was immediately aware that this woman was married to me and currently divorcing me. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Also, it's a little weird, stupid, tiny criticism. Instead of having Marco be like, oh my god, that's my mom, or even just like, Mom? They have Jake go, Marco, it's your, your mom. mom. Dude. <laughs> it's like, why? 
dude, I, dude, it's your mom. Like, I know that they have to, they had to have someone say it, uh, especially because they've only just established her face through a photograph, really, in this episode. That no, we I saw guess 20 minutes see, ago. Yeah. But I have terrible face recognition, so I would have appreciated it regardless. But I know someone had to say it, but I, <laughs> it shouldn't have been Jake, and it shouldn't have been a statement. If it had to be Jake, it should have been a question. Oh my God, is that your mom? Like, again, I understand I'm asking too much, but. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's okay. You are entirely valid. It's just when the mistakes. See, I think with this sort of show, I can handle a lot of stupidity and a lot of bad writing. But when the writing or structure is so close to working, I get very frustrated because it feels yeah. like they literally needed to put in that like 10 more fucking minutes of punch up and it would be 10 more than 10 times better. And it just, I get, I get so mad because I just, I like liking things. And when they don't let me like them because they're bad, I get angry about it. <laughs> yeah. And then we go to the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So- Next episode is, um, we get the whole, like, we get, we eat, like, a minute and a half of the runtime just by doing, like, the previously on Animorphs mm-hmm. thing, um, which is probably for the be- best, because they, they, I feel like there's just a lot of not much that happens in this episode, in the second half of it. Um, it's, yeah, they, they do, they pad time in some weird ways by adding fake suspense these two episodes actually have sort of the most fake suspense that we've ever seen in yeah and i don't know if it's just for padding time i don't think that this could have been a one-parter no uh, there's too like, much but pa- like when we have the dramatic rachel and cassie jumping across a chasm um the music like rachel's like don't worry i do this all the time and she jumps and the music ramps up and oh my god like cassie's gonna try and jump and she's gonna miss and rachel's gonna have to catch her or or something's gonna happen something bad is gonna happen and then cassie just jumps across she does it (laughs) and it's like i'm so proud of her it's like well okay good they also they also add a detail that is entirely absent from the book Mm -hmm. which is like the four which is weird because like they do they they did that and then that added budget I think that I feel like that might have added budgetary constraints or like might have added to the budget like you know what I'm talking about like at the end when it's like do you choose to go to button A or button B Oh yeah yeah it's I know hard. I know I'm ju- I know I'm jumping around here she's yeah. like that's a weird like that's like that's like 2 minutes that like Yeah no but that's definitely what I'm talking about when it comes to fake suspense yeah. Um, that they like build up a problem and they try to make it tense, and then the problem is just resolved with literally no consequences. Yep. Um, but the beginning of this episode is great. We get Jake and Marco staring, and Marco's kind of trying to move towards his mom, and Jake's like, "Stop!" And then Jake literally says, "Don't do anything stupid," and Marco like sort of stops moving for a second, immediately tries to throw himself over, like, what they're hiding behind, and Jake just grabs him. And I just love the dynamic of, don't do anything stupid. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Marco. (laughs) Don't do anything stupid. Okay. Yeet! (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so these, the notes I have keep getting interrupted by me saying, Visser 1 is my wife. Um, Oh, it comes up a lot in this episode, actually. Uh, I think that I specifically 
said this because no, 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 that it happens later. And any, I don't know. She's just she's a villain wearing a turtleneck, and I love her. I love yeah. her so much, and it's great. And we keep flipping between the rescue gang and the trapped gang. We see Cassie and Rachel just flirting in the vents, which is so cute. Yeah. Um, oh, they are so gay for each other. It's great. It's so nice. And we, like, I actually, I really like what they did with the Visser One ship set. Yeah. Um, like, they have the room that's just full of plants. And we see Visser th- One just spraying it's all It's his weed plants. room. Yeah. It's the weed room. <laughs> yeah. Because, as the, we know. These plants help keep my host calm. Yeah. And they're I love weed. the they're like stone plant. They're stoner plants. <laughs> it's great. It's but like what movie. if her name was Visser Stoned? At like at parentheses S T and parentheses O N E mm. parentheses D mm-hmm. parentheses. Yeah. What if it were though? <laughs> what if? Her, <laughs> hey, great news! Say that found the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um... Yeah, it's great. It's really moody. It's like plants everywhere and sci-fi lighting and metal. And then we get Visser 1 and 3 just chomping at each other. Oh, I love it. If this show could be all just villains trying to out-monologue each other, it would be my favorite show of all time. Yeah. It makes me so happy. Ugh. Ugh, And so, um... Do then is it is next when Marco and Jake find the ship? I'm sorry, my brain is all out of sorts. Yeah, they find. Um, I gotta take better notes. It's it's not an escape pod. It's a blade ship blade or whatever. Ship. But it's essentially an escape pod. It's a smaller ship inside of this big ship, right? Um, yeah. And Jake's like, okay, well, let's go. And Marco's like, cool, 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 great plan. Uh, but fuck you, I have to save my mom. And Jake's like, what? I mean, no, you have to come with me. And Marco's like, dude, I understand if you want to go. I understand that's the smart thing to do. It's a really good plan. You should follow through with it. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna go get my mom. Thank you. (laughs) It's like, Marco. Marco. Oh, it's great. It's good. And we get a, you know, half uh, cliffhanger of Jake, of Marco leaving and Jake staying in the ship. We switch back to Cassie and Rachel for a moment, which just has the really great moment of Cassie being like, hey, Rachel, do you have a plan of what we're going to do when we get to the Candrona Ray? Uh, and Rachel like gives her this winning smile and holds up two giant lug wrenches and is like, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wrote down like... It's so good. I don't want to get into like the gender politics of Animorphs or whatever, <laughs> but I love that this episode has the girls doing a super physical run around and break shit uh, mission while the boys are doing the like sneaky talk about our feelings mission. Um, I'm not saying it's like revolutionary and like destroy the patriarchy or whatever. It's just something that's nice to see and probably would have been really nice to see as a kid. There's a scene that um, I we skipped over. This is very minor, so like it's nothing. It, but um, when Rachel and Cassie are trying to escape from the the controllers in the facility, they um, Cassie like put they like round a corner. Cassie pushes open a door and then oh, like hides on. Yet. Oh, it hasn't. Nope. I thought that was after. I nope. thought that was. Th- oh, okay, my mistake. Because they're still. So, a, they've just crawled out of the vents, basically. Right. 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 Sorry. Yeah. God damn! I need to take way better notes. 
<laughs> it's cool. I have to. Ugh. I take over extensive notes because I know my brain don't work. Um, you think I'd have learned that by now? Yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's fine. Um, these episodes are so hard to sort out because of how often they switch back and forth and how. At this point, this is the point of the episode that happens every episode where we just see a bunch of running. We get the boys running through the halls of the spaceship. We get the girls running through the halls of the facility. I wrote down this may as well be a Doctor Who episode with all of the running through halls. It's a good joke. It's. <laughs> um, yeah, they're just they're just running, 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 running. They escape to their various things. Marco and Jake go back into the blade ship. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it's at this point that Jake actually manages to convince Marco, like, "Hey, dying to maybe save your mom now is not a good plan. Escape with me. We will save her. We will save your mom and my brother. We can't do that if you die doing a stupid mission with no plan." Yeah. And Marco's like, "Fine." Hits a couple random buttons on the soundboard that they're pretending controls a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> and launches that bitch. And launches it. And then there's this great scene where Marco accidentally closes the like shutters or whatever over the windows. <laughs> and Jake is like, well, now we can't see anything. And Marco gives him the most withering glare and is like, "There's it's space, Jake. <laughs> there's nothing to see. <laughs> and I think it's because Marco's a nerd. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we're in the vacuum of space. What the fuck? <laughs> it's um, so good. So, yeah. No, it's extremely good. Uh, yeah. While well, outdoor shutting was way louder than I thought it would be. Oops. Oop. They're uh, as they're as they're like half escaping. They've you know launched this ship. Visser one and three are fucking monologuing at each other again, and Visser three is very much like. We know that two of the bandits are in there. Let's just blow it up. And Visser 1 is like, you fucking fool. You coward. How dare you? We need one of them to unlock the thing. I hate you. I'll destroy you. How could you even suggest such a stupid plan of action? I'm going to get you fired. <laughs> she just goes off. <laughs> It's so good. And they're like dangerous, but also they don't know how to do their jobs. And it's the perfect combination I do have to of say, villain. I do like the way that they I do like the way that, that uh Visor One let them get away in the book a little bit better. Me too. Where she it's, like directly opened a direct explicit. line of communications with the kids. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um I do like that. In in it's almost it's more of a like undertone in the episode of her being like wow if shit goes wrong again it'll be really fun to blame you um yeah rather than being like Haha, i, I am keeping thing. you from getting a promotion yeah <laughs> <laughs> that I, I do like that latter one though because it's much more like a uh, much more like childish not human because these are aliens but yeah. like humanoid yeah kind no, it's, of it's action great. Well, it's perfect. I love... I mean... It's they, spite! The, the, yeah, the Yurks are such a good villain partially because they have... They are so spiteful and, like, they have flaws and they're not a perfect army. Like, they're, they are a total threat, but part of that is just quantity. 
Yeah. Um, and it's great that their leaders have infighting and have like bureaucracy. It's so good. Then bureaucracy can fail them, and the chain of command can fail them. It makes them yep. such a great villain, um, both because it can be exploited for the kids to not just die every single episode, but also just because it's way more realistic. Yeah. It's great. Um, yeah. Uh, are we at the part, are we at the part that I wanted to talk about yet with the guy like busting through the door? Um, yeah, we may as well be because pretty much the girls escape. Uh, yeah. and we focus on the boys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Cassie and Rachel run down the hallway, and they like Cassie like opens the door to make it look like they went down there, but they hide around the corner, and no one looks. And then this one guy just like like he like jumps like a foot off the ground, like the f- <laughs> like the fucking vertical leap of a tiger, just like yates right through the doorway. It's like <laughs> it's it's like me playing any video game where you can jump. <laughs> And I'm just like, this is how walking happens now. Bounce, 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 bounce. <laughs> but instead, it's a security guard trying to chase down two teen girls. And it's all the more funny because the two or three people running with him do not jump. They just keep running. You know what I thought? You know what I, it, it made me think of is um that vine where like the guy like jumps through the doorway and like bonks his head on like the metal frame and it makes like this weird like this thunk sound like metal on metal almost <laughs> oh no <laughs> have you ever seen that one i don't think so oh but it's a classic yeah that um but <laughs> but then so the boys are in the ship and like ax sends out like a massive he uses like all of his powers in his brain to like send out a massive thought speak yeah, ready to in, them and he's like okay i'm gonna take you guys home inspired by the fact that viscer three is thought speaking threats at them and axe hears yeah. it um yeah. this is also the first time we've seen axe in these two episodes early on in the first episode um i believe when they're sort of just entering the facility cassie is like yeah and with axe and tobias both hanging low um <laughs> i guess we won't see them and then it's great because we swap back from the boys in space to Axe just, like, in the barn looking surprised. <laughs> and it's like, oh, hi, bud. Yep. <laughs> and he's just with <laughs> Cassie and Rachel. And he's like, oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, no, I know where they are. And Cassie and Rachel are like, where are they? And he's like, far away. And he, she, they're like, where <laughs> is that? And he's like, in space. <laughs> like, Axe. But... But then he be- he beams them some information in one of the jokes that like the- one of the few jokes in the series that has gotten like a genuine belly laugh out of me. Um, the classic <laughs> because gag. like yeah, yeah, because he like like acts like he uses he uses his thought speaking. He's like Marco, Jake, do you see the button that does and Cassie's like in English, please, and he's like a red button with a squiggly line and Marco's like yes and hits it and then like all the lights dim and Axe is like don't touch that it just turns off the lights it really (laughs) got me it's such a good like classic (laughs) gag because the Mm -hmm. pause is so do you see a red squiggly button don't touch that button (laughs) it's like Axe (laughs) right yeah because he can't hear I know communication (laughs) isn't your strong suit bud but like you were going to be an army, right? Like you were going to be a commander. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta learn to communicate Hold on. your orders. Hold on. Better. Hold on. Sorry to call you out on this. Back it up for a second. You just said Axe was going to be an army. I know. Okay. All right. <laughs> I've said things more stupidly, probably in this episode. <laughs> 
you got a point. Um, <laughs> so they now yet they, again, it, I have a very important note that says I'm in love with Visser One. <laughs> yes. Because yeah, she like no. is this when she like is this when she like does like the hands thing with her pl- with the plants? Um. Yes. Yeah. When she like when the, she like clenches her fists and yeah, the 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 boys successfully get away after we get yet the another the um the false suspense thing we were talking about earlier, which is there are two. <laughs> this also thinking about it now is such a weird thing for a ship to have. Axe is like okay, there's going to be two buttons that look like this. Um. One of them is programmed to come back to Earth, and the other is programmed to go back to the Yerk planet. Um, but they look exactly the same. And so essentially they just have to guess, and it's like tension. And yeah. it's not like they solve the puzzle or anything. Like, they just, they just hit guess. one of the Mark buttons just... randomly, and it happens to work out. <laughs> and now, so they go back to here, Earth. Now, I, here's my question for you. Mm. If you're on a spaceship and you have full control of the spaceship, and let's just say that let's just say that you are a controller and you are flying the blade ship, and you're like, okay, I'm setting a course for this planet. And then someone radios you, and you're like, and you're like, you're already in flight, and someone radios you, and they're like, uh, yeah, don't go near that the uh, the airspace. There's like some some other races are like fighting a war over there. You should probably avoid it. And you're like, well. I can't undo it because once my ship's coordinates are set in motion, I can't undo it because that's what the scene is implying. Once you press the one button, you are locked out from doing anything else. Yeah, because otherwise it doesn't matter what button they hit because they could hit the Yerk home button and then be like, whoops, we're going away from Earth. Let's hit the other button. <laughs> but like, what kind of functionality is that? It's nonsense. It's, it's I astounding. Know. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's very... It's like fine. I these are supposed. This is supposed to be the most like w- some of the most advanced technology in the universe. But okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So does the episode the, like the episode just like pretty much ends from there, right? Like sure, no, 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 no. Sorry, uh, they get, they all get back together. Marco goes home, and on his wall is wait, a wait, cutout wait, wait, of. Wait. <laughs> rewind. Sorry, rewind. Because the gang reunites and they have these lovely, but like. Of all of the characters that are supposed to have romantic moments when they reunite and rejoin, Axe and Jake absolutely have the most tender moment. Like, they they again weirdly try to push the Marco-Rachel thing, where um, Marco, like, sort of grabs her hips as a, like, joke, being like, I know you missed me. And she's literally like, don't even try, and, like, pushes him, (laughs) which is kind of funny um yeah. and jake and cassie like stare open-mouthed at each other um but axe like grabs jake's arm and like squeezes and like looks at him really hard like it's very intimate and then he yeah. just leaves but it's like yep they didn't nobody else even initiated physical contact with each other except marco and rachel doing it like as a joke yeah <laughs> and it's really good um yeah so then, so then we go back to Marco's house. Yes. Uh, after Marco t- tells Jake not to tell anybody that his mom is yeah, 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 a yeah. controller. Yeah. Uh, so Marco, go back to Marco's house, and Marco's dad has framed the turkey painting, the turkey ham painting that he did with uh, that 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 uh, young Marco did with his like mannish large hands. Yeah, he's they he hasn't painted over it and has just hung an empty frame on top of it. It's very yeah. very sweet. And yeah. then I, we get the line that I think is something very similar happens in the books. And it's just as uh, is it's one that I really appreciate, which is Marco's dad being like, 
I bet your mom's watching from up there. And Marco, like, looks up to space and is like, yeah. hmm. <laughs> and then there's a knock at the door and all the other animals are there. And then uh, either Cassie or Rachel, I can't remember. You never did tell us. How do you tell the difference between a horse and a fish? And then Marco laughs and then the episode ends. Yeah, they don't and answer I'll- the fucking riddle. So the answer to the riddle is according to, I, I looked this up on Yahoo Answers, so you no, know this, this is No, this is true. nonsense. I refuse to even accept that this is a potential answer, but do go ahead. <laughs> from, from, from Yahoo Answers user Enchanted, horse suffocates you when you ride it. Sorry, horse suffocates when you ride Jesus. it. <laughs> Fish suffocates when you want it in your pan. It's... It doesn't uh, mean anything. Here's another one. This one from Natsu or Naruto, Animorphs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, bud, I guess. Yep. Um, the difference is I'm, I trust fish. 1,500 pounds. Um, so we got, we, got a, we got a shitload of questions this week. Woo! This question, this question from at what is cosplay, what's y'all's favorite Smash Brothers character? I never played her, but I fucking love Bayonetta and I will die for her. I never played it. <laughs> sure. Who who is in Smash Brothers that you like? I don't know who's in Smash Brothers. All right. What do the animals sing at karaoke? I like Kirby. Kirby's cool. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say Kirby. I don't know. Um, I looked what do the animals sing? Cool ca- one. Yeah. No. I knew. I knew that you were gonna say Kirby though. Uh, what do the animals sing at karaoke? Um. Which one of them sings Don't You Forget About Me? Marco, right? Marco absolutely sings Don't You Forget About Me. Um. Yeah, but only as like a bit. That yeah, he, no, but, obviously, yes. Where he does it like in character as all of the Breakfast Club characters. I like the idea of acts like just reading, like not exactly understanding how karaoke works, just kind of like reading the words and not like not having heard this song before at all. He's just like into the microphone. I like big butts, and I cannot lie. Mm-hmm. You other brothers cannot deny. Like, just he's like he's like doing like fucking he's doing like slam poetry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or is it beat poetry? I, those are I both, don't know. Those things. are both things. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Um. What are the rest of them? What are the rest of them saying? Does Tobias sing Freebird? So here's the problem <laughs> I have answering this question: is there are a lot of fucking songs in the world. <laughs> Yeah, just like let's uh, just do this quick though. So um, I, I, I think Tobias sings Freebird. That's a funny um, joke, but he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Not at all. If any, I just that one song that's like I just wanna fly. Oh yeah, put your arms around me, baby. Um, I think Rachel probably sings like a Fleetwood Mac song. No, Car- uh, Cassie sings a Fleetwood Mac song. Yeah. Cassie I mean, sings so like the chain. The, Cassie, the Cassie things- would absolutely <sighs> sing the chain. We can't answer karaoke songs quickly because karaoke is not just about the song you like. It's about the performance the you want to give. The song you do. It's I, still, I still hold to Cassie doing a fantastic rendition of The Chain. Sure. And also because Cassie is definitely the type that would like not care about bringing an entire bar down by singing like a very a not party song. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got nothing for the rest. So yeah, let's no, that's move on. fine. I'm politically abstaining from this question because I think that it requires too much thought. I will consider answering it next week once I have meditated on it. 
I am so excited to hear your answers. <laughs> um, this question, I, question, I guess, from at Maxi Satan, Yerks, more like Yeeks. Am I right? Uh, no. Next question. Next question. Which Animorph has the best slash worst taste in music? Oh. I think, I think at this age, Marco just, like, listens exclusively to, like, meme music. Almost exclusively. Like, just bad music. Like, I, I don't like calling anyone's taste in music bad, but, like, Marco's listened to, like, Drago Stadine Tay and the Rick Roll song and probably Caramel Downsend. And those, he's, like, weren't, like, those weren't memes yet, though. Ah, fuck. Yeah. Was all your bass art belong to us? I mean, yet that—that's an no, old one. No, not even no. <laughs> no way. Zero wing is zero wing is older than this show. I'm sure of it. Okay, but it wasn't a meme yet because what, it was 1998. Was that... <laughs> like no memes didn't. I mean, like it was like maybe Dancing Baby was a meme. <sighs> like Fine, maybe he's listening me. to the Hamtaro that... song. This is the only answer question that I had an answer to. <laughs> okay, I mean it, it's fine. <laughs> Keep going then. Um, but what else to listen to? I, I already said Cassie listens to Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> I don't so know what else to say thing. for that. Tobias has an incredible taste in music, but he's also a complete snot about it. Um, oh my god, yes. Like, he, he's, he is always, like, finding weird tapes and, like, taking buses to the big city so that he can see bands and stuff. Yeah. Um, and he's always trying to push the music on other people. Um... And L- listen, 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 Jake, please, li- Jake, please just listen to this tape. You are going to fucking love them. They're called Sun. <laughs> Jake listens, <laughs> like, I think Jake doesn't care about music that much. I, I don't know. I get a real pop punk vibe from him. Yeah, maybe, but he, he like, doesn't like oh my God, I can consume just, it. He, he I like just, listens like, imagine, to it because it's on. Yeah, fair. I do very much like uh, imagine Jake being one of those like this town kind of guys. Really? You know, I don't. Something about it seems right. I disagree. Like, he, I've been wrong before. Jake is not, I think, doesn't have that specific angst. I think that yeah. Rachel, I think he listens to pop punk because Rachel listens to it secretly. Um, like, she doesn't tell anybody, but she listens to it and Jake knows. So he listens to it like with her. I think, honestly, he listens to like fucking butt rock and like whatever's <laughs> on the radio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Axe just listens to, like, the weird shit. Like, to, he, he's the only... Axe is the only one who, like, gets some of Tobias's music. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, just, like, he's, like... Very he, like, experimental, it, like, noise sets. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He hates a melody. Please, he cannot stand please, it. Please, please, Prince Jake, this sun is very good. <laughs> uh, and then, what's... what's I mean, you already said Rachel listens to, like, pop punk in secrecy. What else does she... What else well, does she also jam just, out to? pop like she loves boy bands yeah. and shit for sure yeah um and, and if, it were, if it were modern times she'd pro- she'd love you know all the party pop but she also love all of the like she'd really like radio now i think like or radio a couple years ago when like she'd love thunder by imagine dragons you know like very <laughs> like <laughs> that's such a specific poll but you're so right like she uh, likes can, it. Oh it, my god! I can just imagine her weeping over Little Lion Man. It's great. Like I think that she loves what's like top forty stuff, and this era of it would be great because like it's a little angry and a little angsty, but it's still like here to have a good time. Um, oh my god! Uh, fucking uh, one last kiss by Pink. 
Oh, for oh, she would love Pink. <laughs> she would be the biggest. What's the other like kind of sad jam that Pink has that I can't remember off the top of my head? Uh, there are a couple. Um, yeah, it depends. It depends what kind of sad <laughs> you're looking for. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just look at her singles real quick. Cassie loves Annie DeFranco, uh, like for sure. Cassie loves probably anything Lilith Fair related. I don't know if Andy DeFranco was actually at Little Affair, but and also I think that Cassie just listens to like she'd love like a Fiona oh, ple- Apple. Um, please don't leave me. Oh yeah, that's a classic. Raise your glass. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and Tobias like secretly loves Lincoln Park, and when oh. he's <laughs> when he's like when he's like twenty eight, he'll listen to Meteora again and be like. You know what? Actually, it's like a really solid album. So, <laughs> and he'll like justify his taste uh, retrospectively. Like, I, I retrospectively. feel like that was a lot. I feel like that was a lot of people, myself included. Like there, everyone, a lot of people's reactions in the wake of Chester Bennington's death. Like, cause like I was like I I had like kind of joked. I'd listened to a couple of Linkin Park singles, but never listened to an actual album, and kind of been joking about it my entire life. And then I was like, what if I listen just what if I just listen to Meteora and just oh, like yeah. just see what it's like? And then I was like, oh wait, I this is g- good. I've completely non ironically loved them for most of my life. Like I never I, I did I it did was I never almost, a secret for me. I, I had to take a break from them for a while because I listened to them so much. But <laughs> I think I've always kind of love them uh I, I and liked, so I liked, it's nice to see um, other people being like oh yeah this is good and i'm like yeah yeah <laughs> i i i did uh i liked um a lot I, I did like what i what i heard from them uh but i just kind of kept it in secret like like i can still just kind of do all of in the end just like the entire song well yeah i can and probably I, I, I can I, probably I, do meteora and hybrid theory front to back <laughs> hot damn no i mean i'm just saying like as someone who like listened to those songs a lot as like a 12 year old and then not again until like uh, a year ago yeah yeah okay so uh next question um what if the animals were straight what would be different about the series if anything oh i mean i wouldn't uh be interested in it yeah uh, if Animorphs had crossovers, what are the top three franchises you would want it crossed with? I'm gonna give. Hmm. I have I have one answer for this, and you're gonna laugh at me for this. Mm. But I'm valid because the answer I have is Tokyo Mew Mew. <laughs> I don't know about enough about Tokyo Mew Mew to laugh at you for that. Thank God. Seems fine. That's like that's like the one I have off the dome. Um. I mean, I don't, I don't have an answer for this. I don't like, cause I don't, I can't think of anything like any particularly interesting interaction that I need the gang to have. They don't already get from their like weird sci-fi. Cause normally that's what I do. I'd like drag them into a weird sci-fi world, but like. Say that, say that. I got a question for you. Uh huh. What if it was crossed with Buffy? Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to, I just wanted to, I just wanted to like do a gut check on that. Uh, that question was from at best trans girl, by the way. Yeah, that um, would be great actually. Uh, cause Rachel and Buffy would get along so well. <laughs> it would be so good. What was, um, what and was, what was Seth Green's character Oz. named? Oz, right. And yeah, he and w- Tobias would be friends. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. Well, Tobias would be nervous Xander, around Xander, him. Xander, 
Xander and Marco would be buddies. Absolutely. And Willow and Cassie, like, while not the same, like, I think that Cassie would just look up to Willow and also would yeah. be fascinated by, like, the science of magic, which Willow is also fascinated by. So she'd be like, yo, you could do actual magic. And Willow would be like, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine how fascinated G- uh, Giles would be to meet Axe, though? <gasps> Can you imagine? <laughs> Finally, someone who cares about his books to the same extent that he does. Finally, someone who can give him some knowledge that he does not already have from just living in the fucking stacks. That's my dad and that's my son. And I love them so much. And they would they would appreciate each other and ask us stupid stuff about uh, that Giles and Giles would know. And they would help him. Okay, I'm glad I came up with this idea. Quick question. Um, Xander very much does have an inferiority complex, right? I'm not misremembering that. Uh, yeah, it's like his entire character. <laughs> okay, okay. Again, it's been like six years since I saw an episode. Wait, yeah. I, I very much need to rectify it. But if they put that shit back on Netflix, I will watch a fuckload of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the crossover we want. We both want Buffy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, this last question from at Akumeoi. What is Animorphs? Uh, Fuck big if I question. know. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Wonder Years. Wow, long one this week. Holy shit. <laughs> um, we can be found... If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash fearbaiting. Uh, help support the show, and this and uh, our sister show, Fearbaiting. Uh, if you support the show... We, we like to thank every single person that supports the show. There are other questions, says Seda. Oops. Seda, what are the other questions? Um, well... Um, Maxie Satan asked, what's the most embarrassing thing your parents could do if they were puppeteered by alien invaders? Um, Where, oh, that didn't show up in, that, I was, I was just looking at the Wonder Years mentions, that didn't show up for some reason. Um, I'm, Weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at the tweet, I don't know. That's very odd. Um, Anyways. <clears throat> I mean, I feel like the state, <laughs> I don't know if my dad could do anything more embarrassing than, like, be my dad. You yeah, know? that's that's about how I'm feeling. <laughs> but it's a really good question. I really, yeah. I really like it. It's just you know. It's just like I feel. I feel like I feel like parents are already like predisposed to like just doing that shit on natural. They don't need like alien assistance. Sure. I mean, and as as dramatic as it would be for my mother to be a human controller, that's already a plot line that we just saw. <laughs> of oops, your mom's not dead. She's a controller. So. I think, I mean, that would be fascinating, but not particularly yeah. embarrassing. Um, yeah. And then uh, Jasmine March at Pidmon asked, is Marco's mom hot or not lit? And as determined several times by me during this episode, very hot. And I love her. Very hot. <laughs> very hot. Yeah, that's it. Just wanted to mark. Yeah, off no, good, good well. catch. Good catch. Yeah. Uh, just doing that to note. I very intentionally skipped the Jasmine question just because I didn't really have a way to get around the, the is Marco's mama thought, but thank you for navigating that. Yeah, no problem. Because I very much did not want to answer that question. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. 
now we can get into the Patreon. Thank you very much for supporting the show. Uh, fans, friends of the show, Michael, Sophie, Alec, Paul Bechtel, and Twitter user Sophie Altergeist. If you want to get your names read like them on this and Fear Baiting, go ahead and head on over to patreon.com slash fearbaiting. Toss a fiver or a tenner a month in our bucket. If you cannot support us at that level, that is totally fine. We also do every... You you get all the you get a bunch of rewards at $1. Like all like the early stuff we do. Uh, access to voting for Fear Baiting movies. Access to... Uh, if we ever do bonus content, we might do that at some point. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, and if you can't support us there, uh, you can also just give us a rating interview on iTunes, which I'm going to open now because I always forget to do this until it's actually time to talk about the iTunes. I will say um, bonus, theoretical bonus content. I do very, very much want to run some sort of Animorphs tabletop role-playing game. Um <laughs> <laughs> yes. you, and, yes. you and Blair and maybe we can have a couple special guests to round out the cast I don't know if we would actually play the kids or if we'd you know switch it all up I'm still in the planning process for that uh, thing but yeah that's something I'm very interested in doing at some point fuck yes did I you just, just punch your microphone uh, well, yep <laughs> <laughs> it's stuck in here and vibrating yeah I um I'm a hand talker <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I kind of got, the, I kind of get that from you. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can also check me out. Uh, uh, check us out on Twitter at the Wonder Yerks. Uh, also check us out. Uh, check me out specifically uh, at Gaze Lulu on Twitter or chiesatsnakasettumblr.com. You can also check out my uh, other podcast, Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, Not a Threat, Just a Fact, which is a leftism podcast that I do with 13 of my friends. We have far too many hosts, and we uh, our $200 a month goal on Patreon is to kill one of the hosts every month. So I might not be around in a couple of months, folks. Hmm, good to know. <laughs> yeah. Plan for that. <laughs> uh, Seda. Sure. Um, I'm at Nudity on Twitter uh, with an E-A instead of a Y. I make music that's kind of serious and feelings uh, as people you meet outside of bars, which you can find at gaygothvibes.online, or you can find my new goofy songs about things that don't matter podcast uh, called Music for Molehills. I'm going to start putting out proper episodes in the next couple of weeks, and you can find that on Twitter at Musical Mole. I'm so fucking excited for that. <laughs> Uh, oh, big announcement. Big fucking announcement. Oh, yeah, This yeah. is the last of the show we are doing for a while. Because Blair has finally finished his, his semester of college, his last semester. Yay, everyone clap for Blair. He did it. Um, next week, uh, we are going to go back to the books. We are probably going to go back to a, bi uh, a bi-monthly update schedule instead of the weekly. But that's still a little bit up in the air. But in the meantime, so next week we'll be back with me... Blair and Seda, the whole fucking gang is going to be here. And I'm so fucking excited. I can't, I can't even explain. Hell yeah. I'm also very, uh, very excited. Uh, but until next week, folks, I'm Sarah. I'm Seda. And remember... Keep <laughs> <laughs> your hand Wait, on the Escafril device and don't try to drink coffee while you're doing it. <laughs> I was... I, call, I like got caught off episode because I think I called myself Lulu at the beginning of the episode. No, you didn't. Oh, I did? Okay, cool. Okay. Bye!